The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He dwells between the cherubim. Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king's strength also loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his prophets. And Samuel was among those who called upon his name. They called upon the Lord and he answered them. He spoke to them in the cloudy pillar. They kept his testimonies and the ordinance he gave them. You answered them, O Lord our God. You were to them God who forgives. Though you took vengeance on their deeds. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. Remember, as a young man in the ministry, really even before I got into full-time ministry, I believe it was just as a college student at Bob Jones, uh, I read a book. Uh, it was a book that outside of the Bible really opened my eyes to the glory of God. Uh, it was this little book called The Attributes of God by A.W. Pink. It's not a very big read, but it's packed full. It's very short chapters going through different attributes of God. Uh, it's 17 chapters. It deals with the solitariness of God, the decrees of God, the knowledge of God, the foreknowledge of God, the supremacy of God, the sovereignty of God, the immutability of God, the holiness of God, the power of God, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, the patience of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the love of God, the wrath of God, the contemplation of God. And each one of those chapters, it's, it's no more than three or four pages. And yet those pages you have to read several times just to wade your way through it. I mean, it is, it is rich. And I remember this book, The Attributes of God, it had a big impact me, on me as a young man. It really opened my eyes to the glory, to the greatness of the God that I serve and the privilege that I have going into ministry to proclaim him. The privilege that I have to worship him. It's a book that has greatly impacted my ministry. And really as we come to Psalm 99 tonight, it very much reminds me of this book. It is just a very quick walkthrough of some of these attributes of God displayed in the history of Israel. This is what we have come to know of our God It's a powerful chapter. Even as I was going over my notes this afternoon, I was sitting there and thinking, this is so shallow. We could sit here so long and talk about these things. And here we'll see the holiness of God, his sovereign rule, his justice, his righteousness. And here you see his mercy. He's the God who forgives. All of these attributes put on display the great and awesome name of our God. So we're going to walk through quickly together and I pray that the Lord will use this for his glory. Starts out with a declaration, the Lord reigns. In fact, it's the same declaration at the beginning of Psalm 97, the Lord reigns. It is a fact 
It's a, it's a fact that has direct impact on everyday life. The fact that our God reigns. He is sovereign. He is in control. He is on his throne. It's a fact that the psalmist knew, even as he wrote this. And yet it's a fact that the world around us, though it is true, does not recognize. And so in these first three verses, there's a, there's a sense of frustration almost. I see this, I know this, but those around me don't recognize it. And yet at the same time, there is a sense of hope that one day they will. And so he says, the Lord reigns, so let the peoples tremble. Let the peoples tremble. It is the fear of the Lord that is being referenced here. The fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom, as Proverbs tells us. The Lord reigns, and so let the peoples tremble. What is the fear of the Lord? We've talked about it before. In a sense, it is an, an awe, a reverence of God. And yet it is more than just an awe or a reverence of God. Because you see, I could go to the edge of the Grand Canyon or stand beside the ocean or climb up to the top of Pikes Peak and look out at the beauty and the greatness and the vastness before me and I will be in awe. There's a sense of even reverence standing there looking at the beauty before me. And yet the fear of the Lord is more than just seeing his beauty. It's more than just recognizing his greatness. It's more than just seeing it. Rather, the fear of the Lord is an awe that motivates response. I see it and I respond to it. For instance, it's kind of a silly illustration. But I think it helps to make sense of it in our minds probably, at least in my mind. I remember as a kid, in fact, we have several kids here this evening without Kids for Truth or Patch Club uh, going on. Uh, so kids, your parents have probably said this to you before. I remember my mom saying it to me as I would be acting up as my dad was at work and she would say, just wait till your father would get home. That's terrifying, right? Because I knew what that meant. I had a fear of my father. Now it was not a fear that he was going to annihilate me, right? It was not a fear that kept me from wrestling with him on the floor or playing with him outside. It was not a fear that made me back away from him, but it was a fear that encouraged me to obey. It was in awe of him and his might and his power that caused my little heart to want to then obey my mom. It is in awe that leads or motivates response. I think there's a good illustration kind of of the fear of God or of fear of the Lord, kind of the general idea of it in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, a book by C.S. Lewis. And in this book, the three of the kids who have gone into this land of Narnia are making their way through this fanciful land and they come uh, to, they meet these beavers and these beavers are taking them to meet Aslan. Aslan is the lion this great and, and powerful um, kind of ruler, as you'll see here. 
It's at this point in the book when they realize who Aslan is. And so Lucy says this, is, is he a man, asked Lucy. Aslan, a man, said Mr. Beaver sternly. Certainly not. I tell you that he is the king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is the king of beasts? Aslan is a lion. The lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan. I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Well, that you will, dearie, and no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear that Miss, what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. God is great. He is powerful. Standing before him brings awe and reverence. It is the fear of the Lord, and yet it is a recognition that he is good. So what is the proper response to this Lord who reigns? Let the peoples tremble. Let them see this and respond rightly. He dwells between the cherubim. The cherubim that takes uh, to the, the mercy seat of God. On top of the Ark of the Covenant as the, the wings of the cherubim reaching over and they touch. On top of the Ark of the Covenant. The place, God's dwelling place on earth in the midst of his people. He dwells there, and he reigns on earth from there. And then let the earth be moved. The same idea there as tremble. The psalmist here is stressing this. Our God reigns, and so this is the right response. Let the peoples tremble. Let the earth itself tremble. The Lord is great in Zion on his holy hill. The city of David, Jerusalem, he is high above all the peoples. Greater than all the nations and anyone else. So let the people, let them praise your great and awesome name. And what is this name? It is the character of God that is tied to the name of God. He is holy. Recognize that our sovereign God reigns and he is holy. One of the things I've wanted to try to do more now that the kids are upstairs is include them. Uh, and so, kids, can anyone raise your hand and tell me what does it mean that God is holy? What do we mean when we say holy? Does anyone know? Yes. Set apart. That's exactly right. right. The idea of holy is the idea of set apart, exalted above all, and absolute moral purity. Habakkuk 1.13, your eyes are purer than to behold evil. Isaiah 6.3 and Revelation 4.8, both of those are seen in heaven where the, the angels before the throne and the beasts are crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. is set apart. He is so high above 
exalted above. Pure, excellent. Really, that is the theme of this psalm, his holiness. That is the attribute that runs through every other attribute. It comes out all throughout this psalm. Three times it is repeated. Again, note the three times, as in Isaiah 6-3 and Revelation 4-8. And here in this psalm, though not in direct succession, it is still mentioned three times. He is holy. He is holy. The Lord our God is holy. Moving on from his sovereign reign, in verses 1 to 3, in verses 4 to 5, the psalmist then takes the idea of this holiness based on his sovereign reign and looks at this king who reigns in holiness, and that holiness looks like justice. The king's strength also loves justice. He loves justice. You've established equity. The idea of fairness. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Those two terms, justice and righteousness, are very tied together. It's the idea of uprightness. He is upright in judgment and he is upright in character. He's a God who always does what is right. A God of fairness. As verse 4 reminds us, you have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Jacob, there's a reference to Israel. All throughout Israel's history, as you look back, it is a testimony to the righteousness and the justice of God. And so in response to that, verse 5, exalt the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. He is holy. Again, He is holy. He is set apart, exalted above all absolute moral purity. And so as we purposefully worship the Lord in exaltation, we are merely recognizing who He is. Exalt the Lord. Why? Because He is exalted. It's not we who exalt Him. We are recognizing the fact that He is exalted. That he is holy. That he is worthy of worship. Worship at his footstool. Again, that also, just like back in verse 1, is a reference to the Ark of the Covenant, to his place here on earth. Yet even this most holy place is just the footstool of God. It is the lowest possible position, and yet it is the highest possible privilege to come and to worship this God here. So see his sovereign rule. See his holiness displayed in his justice. And see his faithfulness and mercy in verses 6 to 9. Starts out with an example here. Three examples of men, great men in Israel's past. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. And Samuel was among those who called upon his name. All three of these men stood forth as intercessors for Israel at different times in their history. They went before the Lord and pled for Israel. They called upon the Lord and he answered them. He spoke to them in the cloudy pillar. 
They kept his testimonies and the ordinances he gave them. And you answered them, O Lord our God. They kept his testimony. See, God's justice and faithfulness commends obedience just as it also condemns sin. Note here in verse 7, God didn't listen to them and respond to them for no reason, but it was because their faith as they believed and obeyed God. So in justice and faithfulness, he responded. You answered them, O Lord our God. You were to them God who forgives. That is good news for us, his people. Because this just God, this God who is fair, if we were to fight for our rights tonight, for what is fair, we would be in hell. And yet as Romans tells us, in Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, God is both just and justifier. He remains the God who is just and he becomes the God who forgives. And so these three men in Israel with them, Moses and Aaron and Samuel, they came to know this God as they believed him and they obeyed the testimonies and the ordinance that he gave them. Then they came to know this just God as the God who forgives. And yet, you took vengeance on their deeds. There is a consequence for sin. David knew that consequence well. Even these men that are put forth as examples, Moses and Aaron and Samuel, in their own lives we see sin and we see this consequence for sin. There is consequence for sin, but for those who are in Christ, there's no condemnation for sin. He's a God of justice and forgiveness. And so exalt the Lord our God. Again, lift him up. Worship at his holy hill. Again, come to Jerusalem and worship him. In the days that this is written of Israel, the ark was there in Jerusalem. That was the place where worship was centered. And yet there's also coming a day when Christ will come and he will set up his kingdom and the earth will come there to worship and we long for that day. So exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill for the Lord our God is holy. He's a holy God. He's a great God. He is set apart and he is worthy of worship. And so just in this quick psalm, you see a sovereign God who reigns. You see the fact that he is great and awesome. You see his holiness. You see his righteousness, his justice, his equity. And you see his mercy. He is the God who forgives. Just a quick review of his attributes seen throughout the history of Israel. And a reminder to God's people of the hope that they have because your God is holy. He does reign. And he is the God of justice and the God who forgives. And we rejoice in those facts. So be encouraged even tonight and this week as you remember who your God is. This would be a great psalm 
to just kind of park yourself in the rest of this week. Parents and grandparents, I don't know what your um, family devotions looks like. But what a great opportunity this week to just park here in Psalm 99 and walk through these attributes of who God is with your kids, with your grandkids. Let them see his sovereign reign, his holiness, his justice, his mercy, his righteousness. Even here as we see in Psalm 99. So with that, we're going to transition to some prayer requests.